If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. And welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Raphael Fiedler. And gentlemen, it's a new year, new episode, and we are going to celebrate a life and death today. Um, the life is freedom. It is liberation. It is, it is someone who's been cast in chains for decades and now suddenly no longer is. Of course, I'm speaking of the mouse himself, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who as of, as of january 1st is now no longer constrained to be solely the property of the disney company now let's let's make this really clear though this is really important he he's now outlived his copyright but only one incarnation of mickey steamboat mickey the black and white small-eyed ungloved version of mickey <laughs> so if you want to use Steamboat Mickey in just about any way you want, you can. You can make your own film about it. You can have your own TV show. There's certain areas, though, that <clears throat> the grand Disney uh, conglomerate will still punish you if you slip too far outside of that very limited usage. Uh, for instance, if you use the Mickey character as like the intro to your PowerPoint presentation or your movie or your TV show in some way conveying as if this is a Disney production, mm -hmm. Disney will go after your ass, okay? If you use any of the follow-on Mickeys that have been created over the years, Disney will own your ass. If you use any other character other than Steamboat Mickey, well, those have not yet expired. They will eventually, uh, and Disney will own you. Um, so don't don't put Pluto in your PowerPoint presentation. Don't you know? Don't uh, uh, make a movie out of um, Minnie and um, Daisy Duck doing a Thelma and Louise. Uh, <laughs> just don't do that. Don't. Wondering where you were going to go. I'm glad you stuck with Thelma and Louise. <laughs> right, okay. I, I, I think I see what's on your mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the uh, same thing happened to uh, Winnie the Pooh uh, yes. a couple of and years there's, ago. There's, really? already been, there's already been a, a horror film made out of... Um, uh, yeah. uh, Winnie and it's actually who's the uh, piglet? Winnie and yeah. piglet, piglet go on a murder okay. spree. Yeah, yeah, a, a very, and like very like blood and honey, I think it's called. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and they actually look like Winnie Pooh because that like some bear with some little pig going around stuff that was always the case, like some caricature. But they yeah. are now like they look the same. It is, no, because it's not. It's not that they look the same. 
It is Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. <laughs> okay, you also Chris- say like and they also use the names and Christopher Robin. <laughs> the care the characters are in the public domain. They've been yeah. in the public domain since I think 2021. Um, and now Tigger, who was introduced a couple of years after the original stories is now coming into the public domain and the director of the original blood and honey is making blood and honey Two, the most unwanted sequel ever <laughs> um, which will include tigger uh so there's that um but it's it's interesting to see how these things are occurring and it had looked as if the mouse would never escape because disney has great lobbyists and mm-hmm. huge buckets of money and kept extending copyright protection for a very obscenely long time I'm a huge fan of intellectual property protections. I'm a huge fan of copyright. I make a lot of money off my intellectual property. I don't like pirates. On the other hand, I really don't think that anything I write today should be mine for 95 years because I sure ain't going to be around to enjoy that. And I don't think the Jimi Hendrix family and estate should be re-releasing greatest hits albums every two years um, without new content. So, yeah, that that's... That's Mickey. And, Mickey's Mickey lives. And, and and you mentioned, do you know the actual uh, laws on copyright on how long they extend? Because I, I know you said 95 yeah. years. Is it 95 years? I, I thought it was past when the author passed away as there, well. There were there were there were different versions of the laws and they've been refined in the 19 either 60s or 70s and then refined again in the 90s. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of variations on copyright. For instance, if you make a collective work where like if the three of us were to make intellectual property together that we co-owned, our protection length would be different than if each of us as individuals made our own intellectual property. Um, but uh, as of right now, the horrible law is um, uh, uh, 120 years is, is the horrible law. Um, now, now I don't think that's going to maintain for very long. I think Congress is going to modify that at some point, but, uh, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Um, and it's from first use, not, not from the death of the, the creator. Yeah. Um, and as we're seeing with the, 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 it's designed, it's designed to be the lifespan of the creator. That's, that's what it's supposed to protect. 120 years. Wait, well, Disney's argument at the time, or Disney's lobbyists' argument at the time, is people are living longer. <laughs> that is true. And, and for 120 law, years. We need a law that will take into account medical technologies and advancements that will extend human lifespan. We don't want to wait till someone ages past their own copyright to to protect their intellectual power. That was Disney's lobbyist argument. I see. Yeah. But like yeah. 120 years, yeah, and you say from the first use. So if you create something like your handprint, picture, whatever, that is protected for 120 years. From that moment. Such, from that moment. But if you're in your 90s and do something, 120 years. years. Yeah. So until Which is why I'm saying, you know. 210. It, That's what it, I'm Exactly. <laughs> the, the books that I write this year, you know, if I get protections for 12 years, I'm thrilled. You know, I mean, because, uh, you know, right around somewhere in there is is my average estimated lifespan for an American male uh, of my demographic and species. So, uh, I, yeah, I the, to have it for 120 years or, or, or 95 years, depending on what it falls into, 
It really isn't going to serve me any good. Robin will get a lot of benefit out of it. <laughs> Is he hurt going for another hundred years? She could probably make it. I mean, if she gets past <laughs> if she gets past the singularity that'll occur in the twenty forties, I, I think I think she'll she'll do just fine. Yeah. Of course, all my stuff will be valueless at that point, so it won't really matter. Yeah, yeah. I'll, pretty much everything you write, uh, especially related to certifications, has an expiration date, and that's very you know... very narrow shelf life. Yeah. Um. Although although some of Sean Harris's work sells higher now as both yeah. collectible items and instructional material and she's been dead for i don't know 10 years now almost yeah 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 maybe so, maybe you need to refine uh what you write about then <laughs> maybe i just need to write better yeah. <laughs> uh, and but i was also going to throw out there that uh, uh the 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 attorneys for disney uh, very cleverly have not uh, acknowledged the fact that um, old Walt is still alive and kicking. He's just he got his head in a jar somewhere and right. didn't want to get into the uh, the legal ramifications of whether uh, a head in a jar is technically alive or not. So he's not technically dead. Therefore, you know, if, if the life of the author was a, a, a thing, an externality, that would that would be important. Yeah. Yeah. Rafti keeps giving us these great big weird looks on his face where his eyes open wide like he can't believe what he's hearing coming out. <laughs> I had no clue. What are you saying? Is this true? No, it, well, it's, it's rumor that, uh, that Walt Disney, uh, his brain or his head is uh, being preserved for future reincarnation at some point. Yeah. I see. So that's the Futurama thing, isn't it? Because like yeah, a Futurama. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's where, where that comes is coming from. from. Oh, yeah. I see. I had no clue. See. <laughs> and, and and I've heard rumors to both directions on that one. I mean, you know, it's a, it's it's just fun to consider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think yeah. anybody actually believes it, <laughs> but or, or that it will work. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, that's the key. I'm sure at some point we will have preservation capabilities. We just don't have them now. I yeah. don't think. Yeah. Yeah. There's no real way to do it. But uh, yeah. Anyways, it's it, it is interesting to see the way copyright law is is changing. What I was going to say a, a few minutes ago was. Pop culture has changed so so significantly where we see things like Star Trek, Star Wars, the Marvel Universe and all this kind of stuff becoming franchises that are worth billions and billions of dollars, much like Mickey. You know, I think that in, you know, uh, the Disney days of the, the 40s and the 50s, they were kind of the juggernaut. But now we're seeing lots of these other juggernauts of, of, of franchises. I would not be surprised to see copyright law change even further to keep Star Wars, Star Trek around for, for but Disney years. owns all of those franchises. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's a very interesting take. And, and I'm sure that, you know, with the amount of money at stake, there will be more legal shenanigans. Um, but uh, I, I predict it's going to go the other way. Um, I, I don't I, I don't think that a single monolith can own all the properties and keep them fresh and invigorated and as popular as they were. I mean, we've kind of already seen uh, several fizzles on the Marvel front mm -hmm. where they just didn't achieve what they had hoped to achieve. Um, yeah, and Star Wars. Know, yeah, I mean, and it it's just not it's not a perpetual motion machine it's not that money tree you know that that keeps spouting out the dollars um you got to nurture it you got to feed it yep. preferably yep. with the the blood of directors and editors um <laughs> uh, and writers so, yeah. so i i don't think it'll be monolithic and i think there'll always be new properties that are created you know steamboat willie 
was actually kind of a ripoff or homage to a Buster Keaton film, mm. uh, Steamboat Willie Jr., I think it was called, uh, which came out like six months prior to Steamboat Mickey. So, I mean, you know, the, the things that were big in the day are no longer big. And the, the interesting research into both Marvel and Star Wars and several of those other properties are just because we became old enough to take our kids and we have enough money to sustain them. 20 years from now, the kids aren't going to care. And that's the really sad part. Is, you know, is, yeah. <laughs> but you know what's going to get uh, a resurgence in 20 years? The Matrix movies, I guess. You think? And we will all be having, uh, yeah, because that's my generation. And I'm in my 30s now. And millennials, the, the old millennials are now in their late 40s. Um, and I guess like their kids will be in their teens. Everybody's kids oh, will be in their teens. I'm so sorry, Rafty. You guys couldn't even get a good franchise to <laughs> you don't like the Matrix? about. Uh. Oh, the, my, um, I'd consider like in my age bracket, Lord of the Rings was right okay, there. Okay, there you go. That, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. And and but yes, I'm not sure if Lord of the Rings will get a, such a great remake as the one in the 2000s. I don't think it necessarily has to be a remake. I mean, there's plenty more tales to be told there, even though since they've departed from the similar, how do you pronounce that? Similarian. Um, uh, When they depart from that, they don't seem to do well, Uh, (laughs) but there's a rich mythos there that they could continue mining for. Yeah. Yeah. And even just bringing it back as another, you know, re-release or remaster. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Maybe then with like, 3d like yeah. proper 3d not the the one Tactile that we're already dishing against where yeah. you're actually fighting in the battle yeah exactly absolutely yeah, yeah. who okay, knows right. you got you got that one that's that's one you can have <laughs> you don't like the matrix <laughs> i love the matrix what i don't like are the sequels yeah first matrix was amazing yeah 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 and it was novel and it was fresh and the uh, animatrix was even pretty good but then they, once they got into the live action sequels yeah uh re- rebooted and reloaded yeah no <laughs> it's, it's just not good Rafi. i'm sorry i mean that, that's, all is well no all is simple. Well. yeah <laughs> and, and i'm just as willing to say that about return of the jedi i i'm i you know i once they get off the sand planet it's just not as good a movie anymore. It's just the first movie again. And, you know, what's the point? But Sorry, Empire, what's... Empire Strikes Empire... Back still still stands as the best of any of them. <laughs> Empire is the best of the movies and probably the best second sequel of any trilogy next to Godfather 2. Um, and, and I would put them head to head there. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about a life. Now we got to talk about a death. And, um, you know, it's hard to go to the funeral and stay lighthearted, but, uh, let's talk about what we're going to be missing out on. Rafti, do you want to, you kind of brought this one to the table. You want to, you want to catch this in as gracious a way as possible to mourn (laughs) the passing of a friend? (laughs) A long gone friend. I don't know. Um, so Windows 7 is uh, dying a slow death since 2020, I think. Uh, end of support was... By Microsoft in 2020, but other software kept sticking around and supporting it. Um, but with this year, I don't know why, but a lot of um, other software stopped supporting Windows 7 officially. So, yeah, one of the first big ones is uh, uh, Google Chrome. Uh, you can't yeah. 
you can't install that. And and you think, okay, well, that's no big deal. I can install Firefox or something like that. A lot of software runs on the Chromium engine, which is what Chrome is based on, which yeah. leads us to, I think, the, what's what Ben's really getting at, which is that he can no longer run Steam and the Steam library of games on his Windows 7 box. I guess you can, you, you, can, you just don't get any updates anymore. It's just really super ironic to me. And I said this back when we first brought this topic up many months ago, when they warned us that we only had one year for Win 7 engagement with Steam. The games that I'm playing from Steam are designed for Windows 98 machines. <laughs> so the fact that my Windows 7 machine won't be allowed to run them just as the height of irony to me. Like there's this dead zone, you know, of, of we had the media here. We don't have it here. You can get it here if you go to the far side. That just blows me away. It's sort of like, it, it, it's like a microcosm of the dark ages of medieval period, you know? It's like we have a bunch of writing and documentation. Now we don't have anything. And then on the far side, we got a whole bunch more again. It just makes no sense. It's craziness. <laughs> it, yeah. That part of it, of course. But that Steam does not want to support an older platform. Is I can reasonable. totally understand why Steam doesn't want to. And that they don't want to keep APIs open to those yeah. older versions of their software, which which might have bugs, which they do not do not see yet, which might be found later on. They they would just open them up to vulnerabilities. And so what's not supporting all older platforms. Steam is all about the same thing Disney's all about. It's about intellectual property. All Steam is is a distributing platform. That's true. So if they're trying to protect copyright of the software, they're not going to be able to use the mechanisms that work on modern machines to support Windows 7 machines. It's just not going to be possible anymore. And they're absolutely right to step away from it. And I don't really begrudge them. I want to sit and complain just because I'm an old man. But, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing what needs to be done, honestly. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And with browser support dying, I mean, um, more and more web pages, the, the world will move on um, with people who want to preserve s stuff like that. And I so understand what you're saying. Like the stuff that you would have installed through Steam was designed for older platforms. That's absolutely true. But uh, all those connections into the web, they are like moving on. So this is the reason why Chrome is dying. And this is the reason like why all that platforms that support are building on top of that also have to move away. And wait, so wait, Chrome, Chrome is dying or Chrome is advancing on, like Windows 7. On, Windows 7. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chrome is going beyond Windows 7. It's exactly. Windows 7 that's being left behind. Exactly. Yeah. But I think it's yeah. even more than that. Like uh, and for Steam support is also Windows 8 and 8.1, which is not that old. I mean it's a little bit older, but especially 8.1 is not that old. Um yeah, Chrome so, is ending for eight as well. Steam. Yeah. Yeah, what, Steam yeah. is ending for eight. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, because the Chromium engine is no longer supported on eight or eight dot one either. Then, yeah, Steam is no longer supported on there either. Because did did, did anyone ever use eight? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, maybe I have this like blank spot in my head. But I, <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah, I going from like Windows seven to ten was the way I like remember it. Yeah, no, I had uh, forensic software that was running on eight for for a period of time because I because it would not support ten at the time when it came out. Yeah, and I like I liked eight a lot, like with the Metro UI, which they were not allowed to call Metro at a later stage. But I used it as a folder 
people were scared that the start menu moved away, but I just kept using hitting the Windows button and had a full screen folder and like with widgets and everything. I like that a lot, actually. And I'm so like I'm oh. I moved away from Windows again, but <laughs> I used to like that a lot about eight. You know, uh, yeah. Did, did they ever have a nine, or did they no. just ignore that altogether? You, you there, know the story there, right? There, there's a story there. It's Why German. Did they they didn't want people to think <laughs> no. they meant no. <laughs> no, 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 Windows no. That's, that, that, that is not why why they did that. No, the oh, reason, no why? The, 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 there's a legitimate reason. And the reason is because when you install a piece of software and it queries the OS, what version of the OS am I on? If it read back Windows space nine, it immediately thought it was Windows 95 or Windows 98. It did not parse that it was Windows version nine and not Windows 95 or 98. And there was no distinction they could make. They couldn't make it Windows nine zero or something like that. Uh, it, it's it's possible, I guess, that they could have, but they ran the risk of software misdetecting the operating system version. That's and it really fascinating. Thank yeah. you. I did not know that. I did. So not know that. yeah, that is the legitimate uh, reason why they did not release a nine. <laughs> Look, let's just reinforce this for our listeners again, particularly my father. Computers are dumb. They really are. <laughs> yeah. They really are. I mean, you know, for all the blather about AI and whatever, something that is so contextually obvious to us as human beings could be so readily missed and have such a large impact for a computer. So that, that's fascinating. Thank you for that, Matt. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. also thought that they were trying to copy OS X uh, at that time a bit because oh, really? like Mac was on OS yeah, because they also, like Mac, said that 10 is the last version. So back when 11 came out, everybody was like, wasn't there something a couple of years ago when you said 10 is the last one? Because it was like with OS X, mm -hmm. uh, OS 10 on Mac, which has been the like, had so many revisions and they only a couple of years ago started ditching that again and move with names now. But am I, am I wrong the, the, check my memory here, Matt, this is probably going to be for you. Not, not as much for Rafti, but maybe Rafti, you, you know this. Is this just a demented, drunken fever dream I had? Or was there a Windows product called Longhorn at some point? Yeah, Longhorn was the the internal code name for... Vista? I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> it, it was right around Vista. I think it was right around 2000. Um, 2000 went to Vista and then Vista went to, to 7. So that that sounds about right. Yeah, I I know that it was an internal code name for it. Yeah, but yes, okay. you are correct. It did exist. Okay, good. But Thank it, you. It, 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 I, I'm really I'm feeling my age nowadays, and uh, <laughs> that one troubled me. All right. So so here's my thing. I'm going to be the last holdout for seven, and and I'm not normally a luddite. Uh, I'm not an early adopter by any stretch. Um, I do usually get a, a new PlayStation uh, soon after they come out. There's been a few where I was actually uh, at the front of the line. I got some uh, skipsies. <laughs> um, uh, but in my later days, I'm finding myself with a couple of things vis-a-vis -vis technology. One is the learning curve for new stuff. I don't really care to expend the effort because I just know that in a few years I'm going to have to go through it again. And I don't really feel like doing it. I, I haven't learned a new computer language for God, since college, maybe Quattro, maybe. Um, Quattro. Uh, Wasn't that a spreadsheet? <laughs> I have no clue. I'm sorry. Uh, was it? Was it? Are you talking? All about, is well. 
Are you talking about like just, Pascal or C? Are you talking about an actual programming language or are you talking about an application? Yeah, yeah Quattro may have been Quattro may have been a spreadsheet. What was the one that started with Q though that we learned? Damn it. All right. And it was anyway. Q, Q basic. There was no, basic, no. there was Q basic. Any, anyway, Pascal, anyway I'm not gonna go through it again, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um and and here's But the they have thing. gotten easier to learn, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's one and, of the and big here's, things. And here's the other thing is that the capabilities and the difference in capabilities between the new platform and whatever I happen to have don't entice me. They just don't make the leap to where I need to have it. When they went from PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2, boy, howdy. Now, that was that was a dramatic leap forward. And yes, I needed to have a PS2. I needed to have three PS2s at one point in my house. <laughs> Um, but, uh, are you playing with your toes or what? (laughs) I've seen the PS five and I've seen what it can do and it just looks prettier. That's all. Mm -hmm. There's really nothing else. I even kind of had slight buyer's remorse with my PS four. Um, you know, they, they, you know, they changed the controllers, of course, which makes you have to relearn even the games you already know that you're porting over. Um, and, you know, the, the leap in graphics doesn't really do it for me because I'm not playing games for graphics. I'm playing games for gameplay. So there's a, there's a huge difference there. Um, so in, in terms of Win 7, it's kind of a workhorse. It does what I need it to do. It it resists the appification of my laptop mm-hmm. where it seems like everyone from the laptop creators to uh, uh, Microsoft to all the application uh, software writers, um, they're all in cahoots to make my laptop into a giant phone. Yeah. Right after they took away my phone from being a phone and made it into a computer. And it's like, <laughs> right. you know, what the at some point i want a fucking computer you know and yeah. i want it to be a computer and i want it to work like a computer not like a phone is that possible can i have that is that a right like app stores curated app stores with in-app purchases that's not your, oh my. <laughs> your oh, style. And, and the worst part is all of these things that i've been using through browser base through you know through the web portals or whatever they're all like download our app you can't get this function. You can't see this thing unless you download our app. I don't want your damn app. I, I don't want you to have that amount of control over my usage. Um, I'm already giving you. I'm already giving you a subscription price. I'm already letting you have my view my viewing info. I don't need you to have more control over my device itself. I want to retain that. Maybe that's me, and maybe you know. Now I'm going into Rafi's privacy camp, but I don't know. No, and I so me. understand. I 100% understand. I, 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 we welcome you over here in the privacy camp. But <laughs> um, regarding regarding, um, there's a reason. I, I I don't know what app you're talking about, but for instance, Netflix. All of them. They made fucking Solitaire an app that goes online. <laughs> okay, that motherfucker. See- I just want to play Minesweeper. I don't want to watch an ad. Then, then install Portmaster. Works beautifully. Still on Windows Seven. There's a workaround um, because we use Electron as well, and that's of course not supported anymore on Windows Seven. Was a surprise to us, but <laughs> there you go. Um, <clears throat> and but what I wanted to say in regards to Netflix, for instance, is they actually like for copyright reasons need to validate that 
the display you're connected to actually adheres to the standard. Uh, otherwise, they don't show you content. And they cannot yeah. do that through all browsers. So sometimes they require you to either switch to Chrome, which I hate that they require you to switch to a specific browser, or um, download their app. So copyright is to blame again, you know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not understanding that. So the browser has to be at a certain display quality? No, the, the browser needs the access um, information of your display port. And uh, that, dis the, that HDMI cable or display port cable, that is actually like that speaks uh, for the longest time now, speaks with your display itself. So they talk to each other and they verify that there's nothing in between. And I, for oh, instance, oh, 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 I see what you're saying. It's an anti-piracy measure. Exactly. Yeah. It's a copyright anti-piracy anti measure. Exactly. Um, I used to get into this fairly deep because I wanted to extract the audio from an HDMI signal because the new Apple TVs don't have an audio out. I need to extract it from, from the HDMI, but I wanted to run it into my Beamer like the projector, and I did not want to run the audio cable from up there back down again, you know? <laughs> so I wanted to extract it earlier, so I needed to look into this, which is validated, which is okay, and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh gosh, I, I hate this. <laughs> okay, so not to go off on a sidetrack tangent yeah. away from the death of Win 7, but the problem you just described is another thing I've noticed about AV capabilities of all these smart devices, you know, smart TVs and the this, it has made it more difficult to use a thing like a splitter to add my own speakers, to do a surround sound. Unless I'm buying a component of that thing, the uh, you know the hegemony of Apple or, or whoever it is, I can't just split out the signal. The, the, the fucking PlayStation, and I think, it's, I think it's PS3, the only audio out was that stupid optical cable. <laughs> you don't like Toslink? It's fine, I explicitly it's, got that one. <laughs> it's fine, but it's singular. You can only have the one. You know, you can, there's no RGB splitter or anything like that. That's that you true. Can do with it. it makes it so complicated to, to run cables, you know, because I have my Fire Stick, I got my PS3, I got my PS4, and I want to have, I, I don't want to mess with switching between all of them every time I go from one platform to another. So I know the problem you're speaking of. And while we're increasing in technology, it's becoming harder to homogenize my living room, which is bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. understand like the gap, what you were talking about earlier in regards to technology. And I'm not sure if it's me getting older as well, or if it's just technology, because when I was young and every new Android version was exciting to me and I was like, oh yeah. And I, I kept rooting all of them, stayed up all night, um, flashed some new operating system on there. And now when I look at it, I'm like, there's nothing happening here. So I switched to iPhones and now my my iPhone before I just upgraded one was four years old and it was absolutely fine. I got the new one just because I felt like it's it's about time, but the old one was still good. And I'm like, <laughs> I got the new iOS. I had no issues at all. See, um, and, I, and I'm so less old exciting. that four years seems like a short time to me. I mean, it really <laughs> does. I, it it just does. It, it I back in the I, day, I upgraded multiple times a year. It's just because it was so exciting. Stuff was happening all the time. Um, I, I am an early adopter, if you, if you haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> Good. We need people like you to be the crash test dummies. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and, it's and, very and, important that you go and buy a Zune so that we don't have to. <laughs> and 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 you all spend your hard-earned money to to offset the costs uh, after they lower the prices. Yeah. <laughs> when we come in, when we finally come on board and get on the You're train. You're covering the R&D for us. And, and I know. Really I know. That's the reason why I'm driving now, Matt, an EV. <laughs> now Matt, you have to maintain enterprises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to guess that it's a lot easier to do at win 10, win 11 than win seven. That's my guess. Oh yeah. 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 That's yeah. Very, it's, it's a very clear distinction that um, yeah. Securing and supporting uh, large enterprises, you have to have uh, 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 homogenous environments. You, you have to, you, you want to have as many of identical uh, hardware, identical operating systems, identical software, because it just makes life easier to, to support it and to secure it. Uh, it's the outliers that are always the ones that you have to look out for because you never know what's going to happen with them. So, but yeah, even we, beyond uniformity, isn't there an ease of use of centralized control of Win 10, Win 11, then Win mm-hmm. 7? Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. From, you know, anything from group policy and active directory to uh, uh, the MDM uh, management capabilities of the Windows Defender suite, um, all of your endpoint detection response stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's all much, much, much easier to do on Windows 10 and Windows 11 because they were built from the ground up to be managed centrally by by some other authority, um, uh, you know, either, you know, your internal IT or support team or, or by Microsoft um, in the case of like Azure stuff. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's all great. Um, Windows 7 less. So, and it's been that way with every generation of Windows. You know, I, I can remember still going from uh, Windows 98 to Windows 2000 and how much more control we had over 2000 than we did over Windows 98. And that seemed like a huge, great leap forward. And it's the exact same way with going from uh, 7, 8 and 8.1 to, to 10 and 11. Um, yeah, it's just more and more control. And, um, and, and, and yeah, that all makes, makes you able to do more with less. We, I've always said that, uh, it is a force multiplier. And part of the reason is that you can have a single person manage hundreds, if not thousands of devices through just a single, you know, uh, pane of glass and a few keystrokes. Now that may be another philosophical reason why I chafe against this. I, I don't run an enterprise, you know, I run me in my house and my mm-hmm. usage and, I may be one of those, you know, post hippie individualists that found the appeal of the original homebrew club use of computers. We want to create a computer for you, the individual, to do with as you will and in whatever way you want to, you know, junk it up, whatever way you want to trick it out. Um, And yet what we're moving more towards is a collectivized computing experience. You know where everything is is prepackaged and parsed. Now it's a lot easier to consume yeah. in a collectivized experience, like you just said. I mean, and the same with apps. It's a lot easier to just pick and choose an app and throw it on there than it is to try to install software, get the right drivers, make it work with my machine. It's just a, I see it as a, um, a, a a philosophical watershed for computing and technology, moving away from the rampant individualism towards the more utilitarian uniformity. Yeah, yeah, that, and I think that's the ethos of the hacker community is, yeah, the, the, the computer is not just a tool that is meant to let you do, you know, uh, spreadsheets and word processing. It's a, it's something that uh, you can live and, and breathe through and, and do creative things with and lots of exciting things. C- computers are capable of so much more 
than just running a web browser and an email client. You can do amazing things with a computer. And that's what the hacker community, I think they, they embrace that is what else can we do with this? You know, the, 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 you, you've got a freaking supercomputer in your pocket in the form of a phone. What can we do with this besides just what Apple or what Android and Google want you to be able to do with it? Yeah, and there's no one in their backyard using all of this to do their own moon landings, even though you have the equivalent of the Apollo space program in your pocket. Oh, yeah, right? many times over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, and that's kind of amazing to me. It's also amazing to me that we don't scale down, that there isn't a mass production corporate line of computers that are constrained that are actually smaller footprint, smaller scale, smaller capacity in order to just make it the email platform, just make it run these apps, just allow you the office productivity software. Well, I think that we did kind of see that with uh, COVID with the Chromebooks. Uh, education uh, rallied around Chromebooks, which are basically what you're describing exactly, centrally managed Chrome, Chromium OS uh, based devices that just run what the admin lets you run. And they're great for that. If that's all you want to do. Yeah, we, we see that. We also see, uh, uh, remote desktops and thin clients quite a bit, you know, back in the old days of mainframes, you had the old green screen TTYs and stuff like that. I was just going to say they're close to dumb terminals. They're getting yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very much so. So yeah, as long as, the, the only requirement really is that you have a live internet connection, which surprise, surprise in 2023, it really isn't that much of a concern anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it's not like it was 20 years ago where having high speed internet was a, was a big deal. Now you, you can get it anywhere and it's always on and having that connectivity enables us to do a lot of stuff, uh, with, with, with much fewer resources. So, yeah, I think that that, that, that does exist out there. Um, but for every one of the, you know, uh, applications that works on, on Chrome, you know, I'll have somebody else come up to me and say, well, all of a sudden I need to be able to run the AutoCAD 2023, which is, you know, a, a half a, a huge resource suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And needs a $3,000 <laughs> graphics card to be able to render these, <laughs> these drawings on. So yeah, there's, it, it, it's always six of one and a half a dozen of the other, you, you know, for every one of, uh, of the. Uh, somebody that needs very little, there's there, there's two others that need everything that you can throw at it. Not to step into your, your business um, model right now, but isn't that where your gravy is located? All the exceptions to the yeah. standard issue? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I would imagine that's the case. Yeah, yeah, because that's where the creativity and, and what I do lies in. That's where the consulting comes in, being able to come in as, as a third party and say, oh, this this might work better or this is a better tool or something like that. Yeah, no, any I, I don't want to diminish what uh, an IT help desk does or an MSP does, but a lot of what they do is scripting and can be done by, by low-wage earning monkeys that kind of just, <laughs> you know, uh, punch buttons on a screen. Yeah, if you're, if you're deploying 200 identical computers, yeah, that doesn't take a lot of creativity. The creativity comes in, oh, we've got a, an edge case here where we need a 10-gig network connection to be able to push through, you know, terabytes of data in a couple of minutes. And by the way, we're, we're rendering it through some giant, uh, you know, uh, server farm that's uh, uh, got all kinds of weird stuff going on with it. So, yeah. And that's right when you get those little cash register symbols in your <laughs> eyes and say, these are billable hours. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't want to step on the copyright for Scrooge McDuck, but uh, yeah, <laughs> a bathtub full of gold coins that I can dive into. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, now, Rafti, I think one of the things you also suggested we discuss are alternatives for people who are finally done being Luddites like me and want to scrap their archaic system. 
Uh, my Windows 7 machine keeps telling me that for free I can upgrade to Windows 10. Do you recommend doing this on a machine that's designed for Windows 7? I would. Yeah, I did back in the day. Windows 10, I think, is not that power hungry. They got, like, because of what um, <clears throat> Matt was saying earlier as well, like, we have been moving to slim uh, form factor like Chromebooks, laptops for, for quite some time now. Um, those are not that power hungry typically. And yes, you will be on an older um, like CPU architecture, but it will probably run fine. Of course, you can always go to Linux, which would be my <laughs> second suggestion here, which was what I was about Rafi, to use. I, I, I got to give you full respect. I really do. I did not. <laughs> I did not think that you would have the rational sense to make it your second suggestion. I really didn't. <laughs> I thought that was going to be your your soul and primary. I really did. So go ahead. T tell the audience about Linux. No, that's Linux. Like, I think <laughs> Linux um, really, I think, took off this year. And I think you can give it a fair shot. Um, if we already talked about Steam. So if you know Steam, that's a game. Like Valve is the company behind it. They're very big. They also do, like, they take 30% of every game sold on Steam. They are swimming in money. Um, and so they have their experiments every now and then. They did a VR headset. They, they did, um, famously, they cannot count to three. So they did first and second Half-Life, first and second Left for Dead and stuff like that. So fairly big franchises as well. Um, but they did the Steam Deck. And the Steam Deck, a handheld console, um, runs Steam. Um, it, it runs Steam in the background. And so um, Valve is pouring resources into Linux because they want um, a viable alternative to the Microsoft platform because they see Xbox as a huge risk for their business. And if Microsoft, for whatever reason, as you're saying, like Windows and PCs are getting more and more like a phone and they see the Microsoft store till now being fairly ignored. But if Microsoft wants, they can flip the switch and tell you you're not allowed to install the software from anywhere else except there. And then they do the Apple move and are like, and there are no app stores on our app store. You know, <laughs> you cannot sideload anything anymore. They could do that. Of course they will not. Um, and Microsoft keeps- And we've already talked about how they're, how they're buying some game studios. Yes, exactly, big ones. And they can yeah. have more and more exclusive titles. Yeah, but Steam is um, uh, like Valve, the company behind Steam, through the Steam Deck is pouring tons of money into into Linux, and I, as a like Linux user, have felt that a lot. Like everything is more polished nowadays. Within the last year, um, it got a lot more polished. And my main recommendation for somebody who's looking into not um, who who values their time, I'd say go to Fedora. Fedora is a fairly easy distro to use. It's um, the little brother of Red Hat. Um, so there's IBM involved in that as well. Another big company that wants to see <laughs> their property. I, th like, I thought they sold Red Hat. No, Red Hat sold to IBM. I, th I thought after IBM bought it for $11 billion, uh, they turned around and sold it again. I, I thought that's what happened, but okay. I'm not sure. That I don't know, but Fedora is a free and open source software. It costs you nothing um, except some time, but get, get, they have an installer tool as well where you can install it on your USB drive and then just install it and run, run Fedora. It's easy to use. Okay. All right. And it does everything that you would do as a basic Windows user anyway, right? 
Exactly. Much. Exactly. All right, Matt, do you have and, suggestions for people uh, wanting to get off Win 7? Well, I was just going to throw out a couple of things really quickly. Number one, uh, we do have a Steam Deck in our household now. Uh, my son, Charlie, pneumatic, uh, did go off and buy his own Steam Deck, and, and he had it home this, uh, this, this holiday season. So I got Super to actually cool. see it and, and What play do you think it of it? It's awesome. It's, the, it's very similar in a form factor to a, a Nintendo Switch. Uh, but and 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 Charlie was you know a very much a, 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 a as a Super Smash Brothers player he's he's played his Switch you know thousands of hours, but when he got this his own Steam Deck he was like this is really cool this is it, it's like a what distinguishes it from other game platforms consoles? Excuse me, <clears throat> the big thing is it just runs everything in the Steam library. So if you buy a Steam game, it runs it on this handheld, and uh, even like modern games big 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 games it runs them and and i mean it's got some diminished very very slightly diminished graphics capabilities but not enough that he notices very much at all and especially for the older games like you were talking about ben like uh, yeah how big's the screen uh, that was rafty's question is my question too. oh um, i think it's about the same size as a nintendo switch so uh, however big that is like uh six seven inches something like that but much like a switch you it's got hdmi output so he just plugs it up to a tv and gets all the all all the screen capability of you know whatever you plug it into. So I just want to throw throw that out there that the Steam Deck is a really cool piece of of tech, and um, they just released the new version of it. So the old version of it they dropped significantly in price uh, to get rid of all their old stock of it, and the old one is still really really good. The new ones, I think the only thing with the new one is just a better better screen. I think it's an OLED. Yep. OLED. Yep. They did some kind of some other improvements as well to the thermals, but the the APU is still the same. Okay. What so, kind of price range are we talking about here? Like three hundred dollars, I think. Are you serious? Yeah, three hundred fifty, I think, for for the base model. Yeah. Yeah. See, and what I don't understand, PS Five is still pegged at five hundred bucks. They just won't <laughs> bring it down, and and it can't be their supply chain or initial demand concerns any. You know that that can't be the case anymore. Uh, but you just the, the that that's it. That's gonna be the price, huh? Yeah. Uh, and inflation hasn't gotten to the point yet where I just want to throw away five hundred dollars on something. That's. The... <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to bring up was, Rafi, you were talking about um, Microsoft locking down Windows so you can only install stuff from from their App Store. Microsoft has already done this. It's called Windows S mode. And if you've never heard of this, um. I, because I have some some of my clients go out to like a Best Buy or a Walmart or a Costco and they just buy off the shelf laptops. Drives me nuts, but nonetheless, I support them. I love them. They're my clients. I take care of them. Billable hours. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Dollars. Um, but they'll bring me these laptops and they'll be like, "Okay, we need to get these on the domain. We need to get them set up with all the security, blah blah." blah. And uh, I noticed about six months ago that these things started coming and I couldn't upgrade them to the Windows Pro version. And the reason it was coming up was it said, oh, this is in Windows S mode. And I was like, well, what the hell is Windows S mode? And I had to do my own research and figure out what, the, what, what S mode was. It's a lockdown version of Windows that you cannot install anything on unless it comes from the Microsoft Store. And I was like, this is really cool. Not for me in this specific instance where... <laughs> <laughs> 
but if you're at the parent, moment, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, but <laughs> right, but, yeah. but 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 if but I was from long term a, administration, that's yeah, a cool thing. Yeah, a computer yeah. to a kid or a computer to a, a grandparent or, or something that I didn't want them to go installing willy nilly off of USB drives or go download exe files or stuff like that. Oh my gosh, this is great. This is like an, an iPhone. It's it's a sandbox. You can't just install stuff on it. Now you can jailbreak it. You can get it out of that. It's it's not a big deal. Microsoft supports you changing it out of S mode. It just requires. Um, making a, a couple of small changes doesn't cost any money to get it out of S mode. A small sample of blood, some saliva <laughs> swab. That's a 23 and me. Yeah. <laughs> blood, semen, and stool. So I just gave it my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I, I have to edit that part out. <laughs> Appalachian uh, humor is still a very, <laughs> very narrow niche. Uh, but uh, anyway, so yeah, S mode is an is an interesting thing. Um, like I said, you can get it out of there, and I was able to get these machines upgraded to Windows Pro and out of S mode and all that kind of stuff, and, and on the domain and all the security and stuff that I wanted to put on them. Um, but anyways, I'll, I'll say it, it does exist. Whether Microsoft's going to go that direction permanently, I, I don't see that ever actually happening because there will be so much pushback from admins and people like me that don't want that but there there is definitely a market for it and there's uh two questions i have is it can you edit into your domain like if it's not in nest mode. mode no not nest not mode. at all okay that's no. it that's not now, that cool it, it, it will yeah. join the azure ad which is the cloud-based version okay uh, of basically office 365 it will let you join that in s mode but it will not let you join an on-premises uh domain okay okay and uh, just to note uh for linux there's something similar that's um, those immutable distros, distributions, and you can then only install from Flatpak or Flathub, which is also very sandboxed, all these applications. They don't have a lot of access in, on like device level access and stuff like that. Um, so there's something similar in the Linux world as well. And I don't know, I, I like it for some parts of it, but um, for us, uh, a safe thing, this is super like, we hate this. Because of course we need. It's not a developer machine, then. That's not. That's yeah. not one of the things. Yeah. And the yeah. other one is, of course, like some of the stuff, like the stuff that we do, needs very deep access. Like we need kernel level access. We cannot like just be sandboxed somewhere. And people are asking us, when do you support this? And we're like, probably never. Like not within the next couple of years. You know. Not if you want it to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want Portmaster to actually function properly, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so Matt, I, I'm sorry, we did get sidetracked there for a yeah. minute. I don't think we got your answer. What would you recommend people do if they're leaving seven behind? If they're, if they're, yeah, if they're leaving seven, yeah, I, I agree with Rafi. Ten is, is great. Now, the, the leap from 10 to 11, that's different because that requires extra hardware in the form of TPM 1.2 chips. If you don't have a TPM chip, then you're not going to be able to get Windows 11 uh, or at least not, not get it to run well. But yeah, seven to 10. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent agree. Uh, Ten is a is, is a fantastic operating system, every bit as good as Windows Seven, and uh, yeah, would recommend it in a heartbeat. And um, yeah, I think that there's still ways to get the free upgrade from Windows Seven to to Windows Ten, um, as long as your hardware supports it, which is not that Windows Ten's hardware requirements aren't much different than Windows Seven's are. So um, I've had no problem running it on very low end hardware, and it still runs fine. So. Rafti, did you have some final thoughts? I, I think you were kind of chafing there. All right, we're we're getting to the end here. Um, I I, uh, I just want to tell everyone, true confession. 
I still miss XP Service Pack 2. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, Windows 98 SE edition for me. Every everything <laughs> everything that Sid Meier could do, I could do on those machines, and that's all I need, man. All right. Um, thank you all for coming back for another new year of Century of Sounds of Infosec. Our next episode will be the 200th extravaganza, Ooh. and I don't want to spoil anything, but we got some special treats for y'all. Um, we've and already remember the 100th it. episode. The 100th episode is when you launched Wannabea. That's right. <gasps> That's and, right. And, and, and I hosted it. The 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 hundredth. You episode, did. You and so. Prashant co-hosted yeah, it. That's yeah. right. That's right. So. Oh man, so. then I could never get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning of the end, right there. Um. Yeah. And and this one kind of marks almost uh, perfectly a year anniversary of Wanna Practice. And uh, um, just got my my first revenue share check from that. We're fine, finally just Find slightly the out of the hole on that. So <laughs> that's a good, no. We're getting a lot of good feedback. Um, uh, usage has accelerated exponentially. Rafti, I'm imagining this always happens with apps, but you got that real flat line, and then boom, all of a sudden you got a spike, and then it starts uh, growing geometrically. And I think we're seeing that people are recognizing it and they're finding the value. And um, super cool. Great. Yeah, yeah. Had to hear nothing, it. nothing but five star reviews in the Play Store. In which country? <laughs> well, as far as I know, the countries where people have written reviews, I don't think any in the U.S. have been written yet. Um, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's been the U.K. It's been India. It's been there's a couple others. So yeah, Austria. Uh, Good. Austria, exactly. Um, except I can't read those. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, I want to thank you both. Uh, you made uh, another great year and another hundred episodes very special. And uh, looking forward to the next big one and and one hundred more, and probably three more operating systems between now and then. Oh gosh, yeah. We're we're, we're going to be you know episode three hundred. We're going to be bitching about Windows fifteen. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except they won't call it 15 because there'll be some sort of glitch there. It'll be called Jaguar. Remember that one? Snow Leopard. Uh, oh, that yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. That I know. Right, Lion, gentlemen. Snow Leopard. Until next time, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Rafael Fiedler. Join us again next week for our 200th extravaganza episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications, Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. That's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel wannabeacissp. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to ben at benmaliso.com.
you may hear a shout out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience. <laughs>